This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nose. Good morning. Sorry for the delay. Uh, apologize for the delay. Normally doesn't happen. So we are doing the Bhagavad Gita, chapter seven, verse sixteen. We had last time completed verse fifteen. This was this particular verse is very relevant to everybody because they all have either the godly character or the demonic character. Every human being has, but the demonic character plays quite an important role in the part of human beings. The godly character is never visible. The reason is because we are all. considering ourselves as human beings with no godliness in us and we always like to do things which are going to harm our own lives so that we can go into the karmic cycle again and again so this is what we had discussed last time but to go towards the godliness and absolute goodness in a person is extremely tough it is not possible and especially in today's day and age it is literally become an impossible thing so what is being discussed over here in the coming verses is all about how to become that good person not to be a mean and a self centered egoistic person because everybody is driven by their ego isn't it so we are going to start with that so we are doing chapter 7 from the bhagavad gita this is the first verse which we are starting today it is verse 16 four types of devotees of noble deeds worship me arjuna the seekers after worldly possessions the afflicted the seeker for knowledge and the man of wisdom o best of bharatas so how many types of devotees are there four types now in the first one the first one is literally everybody in this world i can tell you 99.9% of the people fall into this first category now remember one thing devotees themselves are very rare to find that means if i take the entire world population okay they will be hardly 1% devotees now 1% may work out to now let us say if the population of this world today is 8 billion i'm just rounding off the figure at 8 billion what is 1% of that hardly anything now in that 1% there are four categories now in that four categories 99.9% or 99% let us take are those people who are in the first category which krishna is talking about they are the ones who are always seekers after worldly possessions they are always looking for something i want this it can be anything it could be just material worldly happiness material worldly goods remember these are devotees don't forget the first line that they are devotees and in the devotion also they are demanding things the demand is of various objects various positions various things a devotee will say dear god i want the best to i want to give you the best can i serve you in a golden thali this is the first one the first devotee is always like this he believes that he wants to give food in a golden thali to god now think about it the story between satyabhama and rukmini and krishna is well known Satyabhama was trying to weigh Krishna in gold and Rukmini was trying to weigh give the little love that 
can be shown. Who is greater? As per Krishna, this is the first kind. Satyabhama is the 99% people in this world. They want to put the best clothes on Krishna. They want to give the best food to him. They want to serve him in a golden thali. They will weigh him in gold and say that, Oh, Krishna is worth more than that. So these are basically material worldly things that they are demanding for. In Krishna's world, these people form the lowermost section of his life because they are the peripheral people. You will find that in Ramakrishna Paramahansa's book, The Gospel of Sri Ramakrishna, there were certain people who used to weigh Ramakrishna ji in money. People like Surendra or Keshav Chandrasen. He was also a very egoistic person, though he belonged to the Brahmo Samaj. Mathur Babu, he was the provider of the place and the meals in the beginning. Later on it was Surendra. These form the first aspect of those devotees who actually say, give me money so that I can give it to you. They tell Krishna this, you please give me money so that I can give you the best of the things. In Krishna's world, they are the lowest of the categories because they are always asking for things. They will not stand close to Krishna. In the physical realm, they may be very close to him. Satyabhama may be riding his chariot, but she will never be close to him in the Goloka. In Goloka, she will be further out in the ring. So please understand this one thing. This is the most important part. The people, those who are the devotees, see, I always am emphasizing this word, that devotees of Krishna want to make Krishna into a very grand person. I am sure you have this story of Sri Ram. When Sri Ram was passing through the jungles, he met this old lady. This particular lady, she used to gather bear. Bear is a fruit, a small fruit. What she would do is she would taste every bear and find out which is sweet and then give that thing to Krishna, to Sri Ram. So Sri Ram got the sweet bear and she would throw away or maybe eat the sour ones. That love, that devotion is higher than anything in this world. His motherly love, when he had his brothers and his mother over there in Ayodhya, would be considered this first kind of a love where they were trying to weigh him in gold. They wanted him to be the king. They wanted him to have a nice throne. So that love is of a different caliber, but it is in the lowest of the categories, the lower 25%. Then we come to the next one, where Krishna says the next kind of a person is the, afflict, the afflicted type. This person is suffering. He has got tremendous amount of suffering. What is the suffering that he is doing? He will not eat his food. But he will keep that little food for Krishna. You got what I am saying? He will not eat. He will wear his body out to such a level. This devotee wears out his body, becomes frail and weak and old and serves Krishna. Because he feels that doing all those kinds of things are very good. So he will slave for Krishna, slave in and out. He will not allow Krishna even to, you know, pick up a thing. He will do it himself. Even though he may be sick, he may be 
lying in bed and yet he will want to serve Krishna. The afflicted ones. These afflictions are tremendous. This devotee who is the afflicted kind, he may suffer from diseases. He may give up his body for Krishna's service. Greatest example over here is Kubja. Kubja was serving the king Kamsa. Alright? And while serving the king Kamsa, she was an ugly looking woman because she was bent in many places. Alright? So because she was bent in many places, people never looked at her properly. Though she was a beautiful woman, but people looked at her deformity. Human beings love to see deformities in others. They never see the goodness in the others. So Kubja, when she offers Krishna the king's robes so that he can dress up for the place. In return, Krishna says, she tells him, Kubja tells him, after Krishna straightens her out, I don't want to tell you the entire story, it is there. When he straightens her out, she says, please visit me once. And the way she worships him once he comes back is with her body. Please understand, she is a woman who is given to prostitution, kind of. So she offers her body as prasad to Krishna. This is the second category. The lowest one is the one who is asking for things so that they can give Krishna. Hmm? Worldly things. Money, power, fame, fortune, position, everything. Second one is the afflicted type. The third one is the seeker of knowledge. Who are the seekers of knowledge? Those who will say to Krishna, I want knowledge from you. I want to understand you. I want to be with you. So all the Acharyas that are there. There are so many Acharyas in this. Right? Madhavacharya and all those people. They are the Acharya. They are the people who want to know. They want knowledge. They want to know who Krishna is, where he lives, what he does. They form the third layer which is the balance 25%. So we are coming upwards. And then the highest one. The highest one is called the man of wisdom. The man of wisdom, wisdom doesn't ask anything from Krishna. Doesn't even demand anything. He does selfless service to Krishna. Selfless, there is no asking for anything. There is no asking for money. He doesn't say, I want to give money. I want this, you know, silver thali or gold thali to be given. I want to give you this or I want to give you that. He doesn't have any of those things. Secondly, he is not afflicted by anything. He is not going to say that, oh, I am sick because of doing this work. Nothing, nothing. He's not even bothered about it. The third one, where we find that the person who is seeking knowledge, a devotee who seeks knowledge, he is not even that kind. He says, I don't want knowledge. I am not even interested. And yet he is the wisest of all. One example that comes to my mind is Swami Adbhutananda. Swami Adbhutananda was a devotee of Sri Ramakrishna Paramahansa. His name was otherwise Latu Maharaj. He was an uneducated person. He never asked for money. He never asked for knowledge. He never asked for anything. He was just doing selfless service to Ramakrishna Paramahansa. And then later on in life, he went and served his wife, Shardama. And then he came to Sri Ramakrishna mission. But he was not able to cope up with the nature of all the swamis over there. So he went away from there. But the idea is, this is the kind of a devotee Krishna loves the most. He is the highest category. A person who is done doing selfless service without asking anything. Quietly he performs the duty. He doesn't demand anything. He doesn't say, I want to do this. I want to do that. He is not asking for knowledge also. 
See, people who seek knowledge are also of the lower category because they feel that they should know, they should know, they should know. I want to know, I want to know, I want to know, I want. That I want to know is still having I in the front, no? That I is there, I want to know. Knowledge. Krishna says, what is this I? I is still insistence on your ego. So the ego is there. How can you know me? It is impossible. So they fall into the second category. So the highest is the selfless person who is the man of wisdom because he is wise enough to keep quiet. He doesn't utter a word. Does all the service very, very quietly. Doesn't involve himself in much kind of a arguments or trying to find out more or anything like that. He's always in the background. Always in the background. Lost in the background. He's not visible. He keeps himself so low that nobody knows him. He works silently. Is a very wise person. Has knowledge also because remember the wisdom comes from Krishna alone. So this is the highest category of the devotee. So now we move to the next verse. We are doing Srimad Bhagavad Gita chapter 7 verse 17 of this. The best is the man of wisdom ever established in identity with me and possessed of exclusive devotion. For I am extremely dear to the wise man who knows me in reality and he is extremely dear to me. See, the next verse is talking exactly what I told you. The highest one, the highest one is called the wise man because the man of wisdom is ever established in identity with me. He is literally merged in the identity with Krishna. So much so that he knows beforehand what Krishna will ask before he knows that Krishna needs water, he will provide him with water. That is the highest devotee. Anticipate and do accordingly. Before Krishna says anything, the highest, please understand this, before Krishna can even utter the words, I want you to do this, any job of any kind. The person is so wise that he has finished the job and come. This is how it is. Anticipating the whole thing and doing it. That is wisdom. A wise man only can anticipate things. You know many people in this world are today falling down because they cannot plan ahead. They are living in the now. Alright? I will tell you, now on the material plane, I will tell you a beautiful thing which some people are doing. I will start with an example of China. See, what has happened today in this world is, there is a lot of chaos, problems because of the pandemic. And because this pandemic has happened, Everybody is losing something or the other. What are they losing? Jobs, money, places, you name it and everything is being lost. Health, most important. Peace of mind. Now in case of China, what they did was really spectacular. This is a small glimpse of how they plan. Planning well in advance for the future. Think. Now what happened is, the requirement of iron ore, iron, is the highest for China because they make a lot of stuff from steel and other products. I'm sure you know that by now. Now today's day and age, China is having problem with Australia which is the largest provider of iron ore and coal to China. Because of this problem, they are not able to do anything. So what did they do? 
they went to Bangladesh. Now Bangladesh has got a very important industry which is number one in the world. We were number one. India was number one. There is a particular place in Gujarat which is called Alang. Alang. Now Alang said that ship breaking yard is very famous. The ships come in, the old ships come in and they break them down. But today we have lost that position to Bangladesh. Bangladesh is getting some of the biggest liner ships, everything over there. They are breaking them down. And they are breaking them down in such a way that all the iron that is coming off from the ship, all the steel and iron and every part that is coming, that is melted. And China is buying this iron. It's a ready-made market. For what purpose? So in the next 5 to 10 years, they don't have to depend on countries like Australia and other Western nations who can unteach them. So they are saying, all the ships, the brand new ships also, you will not believe, some of the big brand new ships, which are 5 or 10 years old, are also being trashed. Their logic is very simple. The shipping industry logic is very simple. The logic is what? That if I put this vessel in the sea, I don't have customers. You see, there are those luxury cruises. Now, who is going on a luxury cruise now? I can't maintain a ship which is costing me millions of dollars just to maintain it. I need staff. I need to clean everything. I need to make it speak and span. There are those different, different decks over there. It is like a five-star hotel. How do I maintain it? So what these companies are doing, they are destroying their own ships. And these ships are sent to Bangladesh so that they can be scrapped. This scrap iron ore, which is of a very high purity, is bought by China. This is just one example to think ahead of the times. You have to think 10 steps or 20 steps before. In the same case, a devotee of the highest order of Krishna will know exactly what Krishna wants. He will anticipate his needs and he will give him that. That is called a wise devotee. So, he is ever established in identity with me. What I need, he knows. So he, I don't have to tell him. Krishna is very clear. When he is going along the path, everybody is there nicely programming everything around him. If you were to read some of the very beautiful texts that are available, you will come to know from the Vaishnava sect, you will come to know how people planned everything for Krishna beforehand. What he is going to eat, how he is going to eat, where he is going to sit, what kind of arrangements of flowers and other things to be done. These are the great devotees of Krishna who planned well in advance. Today's devotees of a guru also, they will ask the guru, what are you going to eat? What are you going to do? Please tell me. These are the lowest form of devotees. A highest form of devotees knows what Krishna wants. A highest form of devotee of the guru is also having the clear indication and understanding what he wants. So they will provide him well in advance. And this is called the man of wisdom. So they will identi identify with me possessed of exclusive devotion. Their devotion is exclusive. They have to serve Krishna. Period. They have to wear their bodies out. They have to do whatever it is necessary and think so much well ahead in time that they will be able to serve him clearly. They are not going to provide him later on. Those who come at the last minute, they see there are three kinds of devotees which Ramakrishna Paramahansa said. The first kind of a devotee who is the worst the worst kind of a devotee, Krishna has to tell him 10 times, go get this for me. The person will not listen. He has to say that again, go get this for me. He will still not listen. Then he will say, did you get that thing from me? 
then that person will say, oh, no, I bought something else. If Krishna is saying, I want a green something, that person will get yellow something. Then the yellow is going very well with you. That is why I brought yellow. Using the mind is the lowest devotee. The second one is told. Krishna says, go get this yellow color flower. So he gets up, goes and gets it. That is the second kind. Alright? He is not high devotee. He is a low middle class devotee. The highest devotee is before Krishna has even thought of doing prayers. He has already kept the yellow flower over there. And along with the yellow flower, he has kept the red one, he has kept the blue one, he has kept every other flower over there. So that whatever Krishna wants is available to him. So Krishna doesn't even have to open his mouth to say because he knows how Krishna does. So Krishna is now describing the highest person is called the man of wisdom. He is possessed of exclusive devotion. In the material world to find this kind of a person is very very rare. It's impossible to find this person. Because in the material world today, in this material world today, people have lot of first issues. The devotees, I am not talking about the material worldly people. Material worldly people cannot be considered a devotee also because they go to the temples, they will take all those things and pray and all that. They are not devotees of God. I am sorry. They are the worst kind. Alright? We are not talking of that. We are talking of devotee of Krishna. Devotee. I told you, they are 1% of it. In that 1%, 99% form the first one. The egoistic kind. They will say, give me money so that I can buy something. Now they have, the, these devotees also have what is called their own family to look after. They have their friends, they have their relatives. They'll say, I have a husband, no? Krishna, you just wait, you know. First I will have to serve my husband, then I will serve you. This is what happened to Pundalik. Pundalik is called this first category. Why? Because he told Vithoba, that is Krishna and Rukmani, which is uh, Rukmini. He told her, can you just wait over there on that brick? I am serving my parents. If parents are there, then he is not an exclusive devotee of Krishna. If Pundalik was the highest devotee, if, if, Please remember, there is a if in the, in the beginning. If Pundalik was the highest devotee, he would have first bowed down to Krishna, served him first, then he would have come to his parents. It doesn't happen like that today anymore. Even if we find a devotee, a rare devotee, first they will serve their parents, their relatives, their husbands, their wives, their children, first they will serve. They will not even ask Krishna and anticipate what he wants. They will tell him, you stand over there. You are good as a golden statue or as a white color statue, you know, or made of marble. That is all you are fit for. You are just fit to be there in that place. You should not be given any importance. First, I have to look at the world, you know. I have to think about a lot of things. That is not called exclusive devotion at all. Exclusive devotion means there is nobody there. If Pundalik were to serve Vithoba right there and then, why would he be called the exclusive devotee? Do you know? The answer is very simple. Pundalik's parents are also children of the same Vithoba. Pundalik is the son of Vithoba. Parents are also son, are the children of Vithoba. So do you think Vithoba, Vithala, Panduranga, do you think Vithala would be doing injustice to those people? No, not at all. He would have been very happy to see Pundalik over there. Then he would have remained in Pandarpur forever. But Pundalik was serving his parents. When you serve your parents, you are serving the creation of Maya. They are Maya's creation. They are the children of God. So you are, you are a child of God, you are serving another child of God. Don't you think that there is a father who will do anything for them? What makes a person think that they will not be taken care of? That is why he is the lowest among the devotees. 
It is not needed. What happens is this. I will give you one example. Let us say you are the devotee of Krishna. Okay? And your parents are lying ill. You are serving Krishna 24 bar 7. I am talking about the highest devotee. The one who is full of wisdom. The parents are lying ill over there. The duty of the lowest devotee would be, I will go to my parents and serve them. Okay? So they, he will serve them. Krishna, you are great. You know, you are the greatest thing on planet Earth. You can take care of yourself. That is what they think. Alright? But, the highest devotee of Krishna will be serving Krishna 24 bar 7. Krishna knows how to take care of those two people. He will create a universe around those two people. And he will send somebody out of the blue to serve that purpose. To serve that purpose. One day way back in time. I was told by somebody. Krishna. My child is very sick. I don't know what to do. But I love you the most. I am with you. I said, then if you are there with me, why are you bothered about anything? If I have to shake this whole world to get somebody, you will. I will take care. Suddenly out of the blue, person whom nobody had heard of, that person turns up in the dead of the night with the car, takes that child to the hospital. How does that happen? It happens in a very unique manner. There is no need for anybody to even lift their finger. When you are a devotee of Krishna, you should not be bothered about what other people are doing and what other people are thinking of. That is what he says, possessed of exclusive devotion. This is called exclusive devotion. There can be nobody else in this world. Why are you bothered? When you have become completely devoted to Krishna and you have the exclusive devotion, the world is not your calling. You are not supposed to be bothered about the world. The world belongs to Krishna and his Maya. They will take care. That is the highest devotee of Krishna. Then he says, for I am extremely dear to the wise man who knows me in reality. This person only can know me in reality. The rest of the devotees, the 75% balance, they don't know me. They don't know me. They just have an idea about me. The one, the one who is the lowest kind, the 99% that we were talking about, that person has absolutely no clue who Krishna is. Though they are devoted to Krishna, they will keep on saying Krishna, 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 Krishna. They will say whole day. Not that they won't say. But they will keep on saying. But they are more bothered about what to, you know, I want silver thali, I want gold thali, I want to give this, I want to. They are bothered about the material world more than they are bothered about him. Anticipating and doing what Krishna wants is the highest devotion. Please remember this. So, they know me in reality. If the devotee knows Krishna in reality, even before Krishna utters one word from his mouth, the work is done. He is extremely dear to me. This person is extremely dear to Krishna. He forms the innermost circle of Krishna. The closest circle. We will move to the next one. We are doing Srimad Bhagavad Gita chapter 7 verse 18. Indeed, all these are noble. But the man of wisdom is my very self. Such is my view. For such a devotee who has his mind and intellect merged in me is firmly established in me alone as the highest goal. Yes, all the devotees are noble. Krishna is not saying the rest of them are useless. He is just saying, yes, they are good. They are good devotees. They are noble. Chalta hai. Do you want to be the chalta hai type of a person? It's okay, man. Or do you want to be the best? Ask yourself this question. Do you want to become the chalta hai type of a person? 
or do you want to become the best? Complete dependence on Krishna, complete merging in him, completely devoted to him, exclusive devotion to him. Do you want this or do you want to be on the periphery and say, what is it that you are asking for? So anticipate and do the needful, that would be the best. So here, indeed all these are noble. But the man of wisdom is my very self. The man of wisdom is me alone. Got the answer? I have extended myself in that person. That person is me alone. That means that person, the highest devotee of Krishna is Krishna himself. He is literally the essence of Krishna. The rest of them are forming the second, third and the fourth layer. They are not close to him, no. It is literally like his own body. They are like his body. I had written this particular update many, many years ago. I guess in 2009. Where I had said that imagine you are the finger of Krishna. You are the eyes of Krishna, you are the ears of Krishna, you are the intestines of Krishna, you are the whatever, you know, of Krishna. That is a part of Krishna, isn't it? Does Krishna hate any part of his body? Do you hate any part of your body? Yeah, I can't talk about those fat people who will say, Oh, I don't like my fat. Oh, this is my stomach is bulging. This is I'm not talking about those kind of idiots. I'm talking about the people, those who love themselves. Do you hate any part of your body? Including the gunk that comes out of your nose? No, you don't. Even the poop, the shit that comes out of it, you are not feeling bad about it at all. Now think about it. Why would Krishna feel bad about any part of his body? No, no, he doesn't. Think these people. They are literally like a part of his body. Are they not one with him? Is the finger not serving Krishna? Are the eyes not serving Krishna? Are the ears not serving Krishna? They are serving him well in advance only. Isn't it? Before anything happens, the eyes have seen. Got the answer or no? So, do you get this point? That is why this verse is very peculiar. But a man of wisdom is my very self. Such is my view. Krishna is saying this. Please understand, in the whole of the Bhagavad Gita, the whole of Uddhav Gita, the whole of Bhagavatam, every scripture that is there connected to Krishna, most of the time he says other people said, other people said, other sages said, other sages said. He never says that I said. Very rare verses, very, very rare verses he will say I say. This is a verse where he says this is my view. Krishna's view is the one, one who has anticipation, one who knows exactly what Krishna wants, will wear his body out, will not even demand for anything and yet make those things happen for him. He doesn't go begging in front of Krishna, Krishna please give me some money so that I can buy flowers for you. He doesn't do that. He doesn't say give me a job so that I can give you a good place to stay. He doesn't say that. He doesn't even do anything like that. He knows well in advance what Krishna would want. And that is how he behaves. So I hope you got the understanding. So here he says, for such a man devoted, who has his mind and intellect merged in me, his mind and intellect is absolutely merged in him. So this kind of a person who is established in me alone is the highest goal. Every person's goal should be this. Don't say that I am the greatest devotee of Krishna and then try to ask for things. Then you fall in the lowest category. Don't ever demand things from him. Do them selflessly. Don't say I am wearing out my body. I am doing this. 
I am doing this for you. Don't say those kind of things. Those are not good. Never utter from your mouth what you have done. That is the second category who keeps on wearing out his body and saying, Oh, I stood in queue for you, you know. I was standing over there for two hours waiting for you to come. This is the second category. The third category is the person who is seeking knowledge. I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to be next to you so that I can understand what, how you think. Can anybody understand how Krishna thinks? There is nobody in this world who can actually say how, what is Krishna going to do, how Krishna thinks. You can't understand. And especially people will use their mind trying to understand Krishna. How can you use your mind? Your mind is the worst thing that you can do to analyze Krishna. Because it can never actually understand. So mind is like that. The last one, which is called the man of wisdom. He is the one whose mind and intellect is merged in Krishna. He has completely surrendered his mind and intellect at the feet of Krishna. He says, I am not going to use my mind. I am not even going to bother about my this body's intellect. Please, this mind is yours and this intellect is yours. But there are some people in this world who will, who will think of all the wrong things and then they will say, Krishna, I will put my mind at your feet. That is the idiot of the highest order. Overcoming the mind. You have to overcome the mind and you have to surrender the mind at Krishna's feet. How can the mind start thinking? Your devotion should be that. Why are you bothered about other people? Why are you bothered about anything, anybody else? Those who have surrendered the mind to Krishna will not think what is going to happen to my world, what is going to happen to my job, what is going to happen to my father, mother, what is going to happen to my children, my wife, my this one, my that one, my house. They don't think like that. They know I have surrendered my mind. The mind is at the feet of the Lord. Intellect is also at the feet of the Lord. Why do I have to bother about it? These are not my parents, these are not my wife, this is not my child, this is nobody connected to me. Why should I bother about it? They are Krishna's children. Krishna will take care. That devotee, according to Krishna, is in Krishna's view, in my view, they are the highest. They are actually the best devotees of all. They don't care whether they are walking on the, you know, on a gravelly path. Think about the highest devotee of this kind. Do you know anybody of that kind? That nature? Of course, there are lots of them. There is Kabir over there. Right? Kabir never bothered where to get money from. He was even ready to sell his wife. He says, the wife is Lord's child. Why should I bother about it? No. His own son was put on the suli. On the spike. Did he bother about it? No, he didn't bother about it. He said, no, I have to serve God. That's it. Period. Mirabai is another one. Mirabai never bothered what she wore, how she walked. She was completely lost in Krishna. 24 bar 7. Even after they locked her in a room and said, you have to stay here, she never bothered about it. When they offered her the poison also, she said, okay, you are offering me, I'll drink it. She was not bothered about her husband. She was not bothered about her kingdom. She was not bothered about what people will think. She was not bothered about her mother-in-law, her sister-in-law, anybody. Nobody she was bothered about. She had only one single pointed focus in her world. That is called the true devotion of Krishna. To serve Krishna. That's it. And did Krishna meet her in her entire life? No. Never. Not once. Not once. It is said in the last moments of her life, when she was giving up her body, mortal coil, at that time Krishna came and took her. That is what is said. But how do you know about it? We don't know anything about it. That is called the highest devotee. So this is what it all means. So now we go to the next verse, which is called the verse number 19. 
So we are doing the Bhagavad Gita, chapter 7, verse 19. In the very last of all births, the enlightened person worships me by realizing that all this is God. Such a great soul is rare indeed. The highest devotee. In the very last of all births, that last birth of his, that is it. That is the last birth that he has taken. That means, are there any births after that? No. Doesn't that tell you this much? This is the last birth of his. In the last birth of his, he sees everything as Krishna. <coughs> he, the enlightened person worships me by realizing that all this is God. If everything is Krishna, he sees Krishna in everything. See, think. I want you to think about the previous verse when I said, everything is Krishna. If you are the finger of Krishna, will you serve Krishna? Yes. If you are the nose of Krishna, will you serve him properly? Yes. If you are the Khan Kundal, the earrings of Krishna, will you serve him correctly? Yes. So every part of his body, including the inanimate parts, serves him properly. Including his Sudarshan Chakra, his Shankha, his Gada, his Padma, everything, everything serves him perfectly. They are literally like parts of his body. Now, this devotee, who never is born again, because that is his last life, remember this, sees Krishna everywhere. Then can he see people? No. He doesn't see people around him. No. He doesn't say, this is my father, this is my mother, this is my husband, this is my wife, these are my children, this is the world, these are the people who are roaming around me, this is the dog, this is the cat. He is not identifying objects like this or people like that. Animate or inanimate, he is not objectifying anything there, saying, this is my husband. They don't say like that. They see Krishna in everything. And then they serve that thing purpose properly. But the important part is in their mind and their intellect, there is no other person except Krishna. That means if their mind and intellect is merged in Krishna, can they do anything wrong? No, they can't. Because they realizing that all this is God alone. If this body part is Krishna and if there is a cut in the finger, won't Krishna bandage it? There is a beautiful story why Draupadi was given the sari. It so happened that Krishna cut himself. And when Krishna cut himself, everybody was running around helter-skelter trying to find a bandage for him. At that time, Draupadi was standing over there. She considers Krishna as her brother. What did she do? She was wearing the royal sari of hers. She just tore a piece of it and immediately tied round Krishna's finger. And when she did that, Krishna says, Thank you so much. I will pay you back. So when her Vastraharan was going on, when Dushyasan was trying to remove her clothes, that time Sri Krishna fills her entire being with so many layers and layers of garments that Dushyasan is not able to do anything. This is the way in which you have to think. Here the understanding should be, why are you bothered? If you have to serve Krishna, 
you have to serve him as the highest kind and that is why this highest devotee doesn't have rebirth because he's already seen god in everything and he merges in the god everywhere so we will do the next verse now we are doing chapter 7 from the bhagavad gita verse 20 those whose wisdom has been carried away by various desires being prompted by their own nature worship other deities adopting norms related to each now this is completely different from the previous four verses that we have done now i am going to tell you in the next 10 minutes what he is talking about those whose wisdom is carried away by various desires the whole of this world is carried away by various desires. What desires are there? I want a good job. I want good set of, you know, I want a good wife. I want good children. I want a good house. I want cars. I want this. I want that. My parents have to be good to me. I have to be good to my children. You know, all those kind of things. I want money in this world. How many desires are there? Tremendous amount of desires. How does a person fulfill those desires? You please understand one thing. If you are working in a small company or small organization, every day you are just thinking, you know, I wish I had more money. I wish I had more money. 99% of the material world thinks this way. Because they are always bikari, beggars. I wish I had. I wish I had. Everything is just a wish and a want and a desire. Those who are filled with desires, these people, they get carried away. The wisdom is carried away by this. They are not wise people at all. They don't have even an iota of wisdom. Remember, we are not talking about devotees now. We are, the devotee is finished. That, that aspect is over. This person is constantly thinking. I have, a, I have a retirement plan. I want to see to it that I get sufficient funds when I am free. You know, when I lose, when I give up my job. I want to stay in a cool, comfortable place. I want to have a house where I will be thinking I have sufficient money to go around. I don't have to spread my hands in front of other people. This is the thought which is carried on in the minds of people. A woman thinks, I am serving my husband or I am serving the company. I am serving my children. My children are the apple of my eye, you know. I am doing, going to do anything and everything for them. These mothers are there. These kind of husbands are there. These kind of parents are there. They are always wishing and wanting and desires, full, full, full of desires. These people, they are not wise even this much. They have lost their wisdom. Those whose wisdom has been carried away. Their wisdom is carried away by their desires. The moment you have a, even a single desire. In the previous four verses we described about the devotee with a desire. I want to serve Krishna in a golden plate. That is a desire. Here a material worldly person's desire. This material worldly person thinks, I have a family to look after. I have to bother about them. I have to see to it that things are done this way. So this kind of a material worldly devotee, he is not even a devotee by the way, he is completely lost in his wisdom. He has no wisdom at all. Because every day he is working towards his own family. What am I to do? You know, I have to get the Russian Pani. Russian Pani means I have to get the food. I have to get this. I have to get that. I have to pay, pay the rents. The rents have to be paid. The electricity bill has come. The water bill has come. I have to pay my EMIs. I have to do this. I have to do that. So everything is a desire only. 
I have to get now. Children, eh? those are the youngsters. They are thinking, I want to get admission in this place. I want to join this count, this uh, college. I want to do this. I want to get married to a good person. The person should be nice in nature. He should be like this, and she should be like this. She should be very beautiful. She should be able to cook. These are called desires. The desires are too many, and when the desire comes up. I want a good job or I want this, I want money, 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 money. That person is not wise at all. Wisdom has been carried away by various desires, prompted by their own nature. Their own nature is full of lacuna. Because they are prompted by their own nature, their nature is such, what am I to do, what am I to do, what am I to do? They are always thinking like this. What am I going to do? I don't understand. I will go to God. This God, you know, Lakshmi, she gives money. I will go and pray to Lakshmi. Worship other deities. They go and worship every other deity except me. They don't want to, they, want, they don't want Krishna because remember, Krishna takes away everything. You have to be completely lost in Krishna. Krishna doesn't even want to give. So they would rather visit all other deities in this world. They will visit Lakshmi temple. Mahalakshmi, please give me money. I want this. They will go to Santan Lakshmi and they will say, I want a child. They will go to some other Lakshmi and they will say, I want food to eat. Dhanya Lakshmi. You know, all those, there are too many Lakshmis around. There are too many Saraswatis around. I want knowledge of this. They will say, I am studying for this examination. Please give me fantastic knowledge. Saraswati Ma, please help me. Other person will say, I am from the Kala Academy. I want to have the best, the best of the dance sequences. I want to sing properly. I want to dance properly. I want to do... So they go to Saraswati. Then they go to Parvati for some other things. Kali Mata Ki Jai Ho! Kali gives this, Kali gives that. Parvati Amma, Mari Amma, all kinds of Ammas are there in this world. So they go to all these deities. They are called deities by the way. Then they will look at Brahmaji. Brahmaji's temple, have you visited in Rajasthan that temple? Then somebody will say, I visit Padmanabha Swami. I visit, I do Satyanarayana Puja. All Pujas. I go to Tirupati Balaji once every six months, you know. Is that so? These are lesser forms. Lesser forms of God. They are called deities. They are not the highest. They are the lesser forms and they will go to Balaji. Balaji, please give me this. I put so much money in your hundi, you know. I bought 25 laddus. You know, they were giving me only one. The rest of the 24, I paid black money. Black money? Yo, yo. I put, you know, 20 tolas of gold in your hundi, you know. Please give me 200 tolas now. I came from the straight gate and I was not given any entrance. In one house where I went, they have made one nice, some Lakshmi or somebody out of the, you know, the Chandan that is poured over here of Balaji. Ah, what are you talking about, boss? It is a deity you are worshipping. You are worthy of just worshipping a deity. That is what he says. Prompted by these various desires of their own nature, you know, they have the desires. I want this, I want this, I want this, I want so what do they do? They worship the deities, adopting norms relating to each. Each god has a norm. You have to worship me like this. You have to worship me like that. One, one place I went to, they said, you know, Krishna, you cannot keep the murli in his hand. For what purpose? What? Krishna without murli, he wants to, he wants murli or no murli, doesn't matter. I removed the murli and kept it aside. I said, next time you get a better murli, you just stick it in his hands. He will be very happy. They will come up with various kinds of functions. Oh, this is the month of Balaji. Balaji has to be worshipped now. 
these people get lost in the deities. Those whose wisdom has been carried, those who have gone berserk, mad people, their wisdom is gone. Their wisdom has been carried away by various desires, being prompted by their own nature. Their nature is telling, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to give him this, this God, that, that God, that. You have to worship Shiva, you know Shiva has to be worshipped. Why? Because he gives you everything. He's a deity. They worship other deities, adopting norms relating to each. Each one has a rule book and they follow the rule book. We will stop over here, but we will be doing this kind of verse in the future, maybe the next week, if possible. Let us see. Alright? So I will stop over here. We have done chapter 7, verse 20. So you think about today, which category do you belong? Alright? Try to be the best one. The highest, the rare soul. Please be the rest. Try to achieve the highest. See you. Take care. Have a great week ahead. Bye.